come together and made a plan to come against Israel, God's people. Verse 4, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. The name of Israel may be remembered no more. They want to annihilate them, to wipe them off the map. And yet the psalmist understands that a threat against God's people is a threat against God himself. If God's people were to be wiped off the map, if God's people were to be remembered no more, that would mean that God himself is not faithful. Because he made promises to his people. And he will keep those promises. And so really, kind of where where the psalmist's cry comes from, is a confidence in those promises of God. They are threatening to do this, God, but I know they won't because this is what you said. I don't know what they will do, but I know that they will not wipe us out so we will be remembered no more because you have made promises to us and you are faithful. I think it's always a good place to start when it comes to prayer. When you look around the situation that surrounds you and you feel overwhelmed, it feels like everyone around you is pressing in, start with the promises of God. This is what I know to be true. This isn't what I feel like right now, but this is what I know to be true. And that's to what I cling. So this is the psalmist situation. These nations, these enemies are surrounding him. Another clue that this psalmist has in mind these promises of God, that that is the hope to which he's clinging to as he cries out to God, is seen in verses 9 to 12. It's his memory. In these verses, he recalls times when God has been faithful, when God has kept his promises, when he has delivered his people. Deal with these enemies right now who surround us and threaten us. Deal with them like you did with Midian. These are famous past victories. Midian, where Gideon defeated Midian in Judges 7. As with Sisera. As with Jabin at the brook Kishon. Where Barak and Deborah defeated Jabin and his army. And his commander, Sisera, and Judges 4 and 5. It is God who delivered them. And the psalmist once again cries out to the same God for deliverance. Like you have done in the past, do again. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, yes, all the princes like Zeba and Zamuna. These are princes of Midian, kings of Midian that were defeated by Gideon. Who said, let us take for ourselves the pasture of God for a possession. It's it's the same situation that Gideon faced. These enemies said, let us take for our possession what is God's, what he has given his people. We want that. We're going to take it. And yet the psalmist here Notice, even though we know from history, from the Old Testament, that it was Gideon, it was Brock, it was Deborah, 
The psalmist looks beyond Gideon and Barak and Deborah to the God who is at work through them. It is God who has done this. You dealt with Miriam in this way. You dealt with Sisera and Jabin in this way. You delivered. And the same God that delivered the enemies into the hand of Gideon and Barak and Deborah will deliver us. And he will deliver our enemies into our hands. He remembers these past victories. He clings to that faithfulness. Verse 13 through uh, the beginning of verse 16, he really kind of gets creative with with his language here. He's moving on from history. This is what you've done in the past. Do it again. And this is what it'll look like. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. Just blown away. Nothing. I know that my God can do them, that they are great enemies and they surround us and they are powerful, but my God can blow them like the dust, like the chaff. Like they're nothing. Just blow them away. He can destroy them, leave them desolate as the fire burns the woods, as the flame sets the mountains on fire. So pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame. Step in God and deliver us. Destroy our enemy. Leave them desolate. Blow them away so there's nothing left. But then you come to the end of the psalm. The end of verse 16 into verse 18. And really it's, the psalm takes a shocking turn here. From our human perspective. Not from a biblical perspective. But from a human perspective. These enemies who surround us. They want to do us harm. They want to wipe us off so our name is not remembered anymore. He's crying out, deliver us, God. Treat them in this way. Blow them away. Destroy them. Leave them desolate. And here you come to his motivation. And you you think his motivation would be, you know, just get rid of them. But the motivation... His imprecatory prayer is not mere self-preservation. It is not hate for these enemies or fear. What motivates the psalmist here in this psalm as he pours out his heart before the Lord, his cry for judgment and deliverance, his motivation is love for God and passion for his glory. Do all of this. Deliver us. Destroy our enemies. Why? That they may seek your name, O Lord. That they may seek your name. I want them to see your glory. I want them to see how great you are. In fact, he goes on, let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish. Verse 18, that, so again, for this reason, this is my motivation that they may know that you whose name alone is the Lord are the most high over all the earth. 
that they may know who our God is, that they may know his power and his justice and his mercy. He pours out his heart to the end that they believe in the God of Israel and are saved, accept him, or at least that they recognize the greatness and the glory of the one true God. I've got to be honest, as I was studying this psalm, that this last little bit, verses 16 to 18, kind of kicked me in the pants or poked me. Because I think I, I know my own prayers. And when things are going hard, when life doesn't make sense, it's not easy to pray something along these lines. When your enemies surround you, when you feel overwhelmed, it's not easy to say, do this so that they may seek your name, O Lord, so that my enemies may know you and come to serve you. I want them to seek you, to know you, to turn to you in faith. At least I want them to know your power and your greatness and your glory. It makes you kind of think about the motivation of your own prayers. How often are my prayers motivated by my comfort and not by God's glory? Even though I might be praying for something that is good, even though I might be praying for the right thing, how often are my motives wrong? Often I think we just tack on the phrase, you know, to God be the glory, be glorified. We just, it, it's something we say, kind of like at the end of the prayer, amen. We don't really think about it, it's just it's part of our prayer uh, thing that we follow, we just say it. But how often do we pause to think, why am I praying? What is my motivation in this? Why do I desire this? Why do I desire? This psalmist is surrounded by enemies who want to wipe him off the face of the earth and he prays for God to deliver them. He prays for God to wipe out his enemies and yet at the same time behind all of it there is a motivation that these enemies that want to do me harm that want to wipe me off of the face of the earth ultimately deliver me as you have promised so that they might seek you so that they might seek you so that my enemies might come to know and to serve my God That's more important to him than his national identity. His God. That your renown would be spread. That the whole world would hear of your name and what you have done. And that they would seek you. I pray that that is our desire. And not just in a mindless sense. Yes, I want God's glory. I want God to get the glory. But in a purposeful, mindful, take time to think, think, think through it since that God would get the glory, that his name would be big, that they might seek your name, O Lord.
even this evening as we turn our attention to many prayer requests and, and many things. And there is a lot. Even currently in our midst, there are several things for which to pray. There are several needs. And may our desire ultimately be that God gets the glory. That others seek our God. That they might know that you whose name alone is the Lord are the most high over all the earth. And with that, let's turn our attention to some prayer requests.